I want to speak to you for a few moments today on the subject of life after setbacks. Life after setbacks. And if you know, if you live long, long enough in this world and in, in life in general, there are going to be setbacks in life. There are going to be things that are going to slow you down. Things are going to derail you. Things are going to, the devil's going to throw at you. But just because you have a setback doesn't mean it's over. Come on, somebody. Just because you experience a, a setback in your, in your situation, in your life, it doesn't mean that God is through with you. It doesn't mean that it's over. Sometimes our setbacks are just a setup for what God, God has for us in the future. And if we just learn not to quit, if we learn just not to give up, if we learn to understand that even in the middle of our, our setback, God has something incredible in store for us in the future. And sometimes it looks difficult. Sometimes it looks dark. Sometimes it looks like there is no hope. But as long as we hold on to the hand of God, can I get an amen? As long as we trust in God and believe that God is my source, that God is my, 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 my strength, and God is my provider, that what I'm going through right now is just temporary, and I'm going to see a breakthrough in my life. I'm going to see a breakthrough in my spirit. I'm going to see a breakthrough in my marriage, in my children's life, that they might be going through some stuff they should not be going through. But as long as you're holding on to God, we're going to see the Word of God. We're going to see the works of the Lord work marvelous in your life. But we got to trust in the power of God in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen this morning? I didn't mean to get excited. It's just my introduction. But I tell you what, when you, when you talk about the things that we go in life, and, and you can look back in your situations, you can look back at things that you have been through in your life and see how God has worked marvelous and mysteriously. And, and somehow you wonder, how did that work in my favor? But when God's involved, it, sometimes it makes no sense on paper. But in the spirit, God is working supernaturally for your good. God is working supernatural things for your life. You might not see it in, your, in the naked eye. But in the spiritual eyes, in the spirit, God has orchestrated everything in your favor. But you got to claim it and believe it that God is on your side. And setbacks in life and setbacks in situations. And you know what? Yes, it might be a setback, but it's just a setup for what the Lord has for me. In the Bible, in the book of Psalms, this is what lays the foundation of where we're going today. This will lay the foundation, very familiar scripture in, the, in Psalms chapter 40, starting with verse 1. This is what it says. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. How many of you ever been in a pit before? How many of you feel like you've been down in the pit and you feel like there's no way out? Have, you, have anybody, am I talking to anybody this morning? Let me go to this side. This guy's too holy, this side, over this side. How many know, how many ever been in a pit before and you feel like there ain't no way out? But God always made a way out. You know, the pit stands for profit and training. Come on, somebody. You know what? You might be in a pit, but it's a, it, God has you there for a reason. He's training you and preparing you for what's ahead of you. You know what? Sometimes what you're going through in life, it doesn't always mean it's a bad thing. Sometimes what you're going through in life is part of God developing your character, developing your personality so you can learn to, to appreciate what you're going through in life sometimes. You will never know how strong you are. You don't know how faithful God is unless you're going through something. 
And when you're going through something, you learn to realize how good God is. When you go through something, you learn to realize how faithful he is and how he can over... Oh, come on, somebody. Let me get back to my scripture. See, he brought me out also out of a horrible pit, out of the Maori clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. The comparison of sin to Mary Clay, we find here, first of all, that the Bible compares sin to the Mary Clay. The Bible says in Psalms 69, verse 1, says, Save me, O God, for the waters are coming unto my soul. I sink deep mire where there is no standing. I, I have come into deep waters. Where is the floods overflowed me? And then in Psalm 69 14 says, Deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me, let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. Here is comparison to mire clay. It's like a thick mud likened unto quicksand. Every one of us have been stuck in the quicksand of sin. Sin have got a hold of us. Some, sometime in our life, maybe you're serving the Lord today and your life is going great, but, but remember back when you were in sin. And, and, and quicksand, mire compared to quicksand or sin, have trapped you in a place that, that seems to be no way out and there's no hope for you. But, but there's always, but there, there's, I believe that mire resembles sin. The more you struggle to pull yourself out, the further you sink. The, the, the harder you, you struggle to pull yourself out of the, or, or the quicksand or the mud, guess what? The, the, the more you pull yourself into. And, and that's how sin works. Sin get a hold of your heart. Sin will get a hold of your spirit. Sin will get a hold of your life. And the more you struggle to pull out, the more sin will pull you into it. The mire will eventually pull you to the bottom. That's what, that's what sin does. Sin will pull you to the bottom. That, that, that It looks like there's no other way out. The only way out is for someone to pull you out. The only way you can get out of this situation is that somebody will come along and throw a rope or, or stretch their hand and pull you out of that mire clay that you thought it was impossible because you have struggled yourself, you have fought it yourself, and there's no way out. Because there are some things that you get into that you can't get out of yourself. There are some things that you, you fall into that nobody else can help you. And there's only one person that can pull you out of that condition. And his name is Jesus. Jesus Christ can pull you out of that situation you're going through right now. Only the Lord can do that. That's the reason people look for love in the wrong places. Can I get amen? Looking for love in all the wrong places. You ain't going to find it in a bar. You ain't going to find it in alcohol. You ain't going to find it in drugs. 
You ain't going to find it from relationship to relationship. The only way you're going to find your way out of this situation is to look up to heaven and call upon the name of the Lord and say, Lord, I need your help. I need your breakthrough. I need your hand. I need your help in my life. That's the only way we can try in our own ability. Let me talk to you for a few moments on three things David did. The first thing David did is this. He patiently waited. He patiently waited. This is the right kind of waiting. He patiently waited too often. What we call waiting is filled with fearful impatience. Waiting is, is the key element. This is what David, for him to receive the breakthrough. David to receive the miracle. David to receive what the Lord has in store for him. First of all, what we need to learn is to wait patiently before the Lord. In 1 Kings chapter 18, there's a story that says, so Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there. He said, seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Oh, God, Lord. I tell you what. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. What am I trying to say? What am I trying to say is that you got to be patient waiting when the Lord comes through. Sometimes it doesn't happen when you want it. Sometimes you want it now, but God said it's not time yet. Sometimes you got to wait on the Lord. You know what happened? We are a microwave generation serving a crackpot God. You know what? God says it's not time for it yet. It's on my timing. And you know what we try to do? We try to get ahead of God. We try to fix the problem ourselves. You know what we try to do most of the time? We try to help God. We try to help God with helping us with the problem. We want to tell God how we want it. We want to tell God how it's supposed to look like. And God says, no, that's not how I want it. That's not how it's going to look like. But if you learn to wait like David did, it'll be a, it will never be too late. It won't be too early. It will be just on time. Come back. Can I get amen this morning? Seven times. Can you imagine the servant going back and telling Elijah? Elijah didn't freak out. Elijah didn't start to panic. Elijah didn't start to worry. He continued to do one thing. He continued to wait and he continued to pray. Sometimes in your life, there's no other things you can do. There's, no, there's some things that are beyond their ability. They're out of your hands. You can't control it. You can't change it. 
You can do nothing about it. But all you can do is pray. All you can do is wait. And my friend, when you get to that point in your life, you learn to realize and understand that this is beyond my ability. And all I'm going to do is wait upon God. And the servant went back and told Elijah, we don't see nothing yet. Can you imagine in the theater of your mind this story? Elijah starts to pray, seeking God, and tells the servant, go see if any rain's coming yet. And the servant goes, and there's nothing yet, comes back. It continues a few times. At the seventh time, finally, there's a cloud as small as a man's. He can see, well, that's a little cloud over there. But how do you know when the cloud shows up? There is more rain. Listen, when the Lord is upon your life, it might look like a little cloud. But when it gets on top of you, the favor of God is going to rain upon you. The prosperity of God is going to rain upon you. Can I get a man in this house? You know what? How many of you want to be blessed this morning? Oh, you don't, look, you don't sound very excited. I'm going to preach those who are watching me online. We need to receive the blessings of God and claim it this morning. Say, God, you are faithful. Not only, not only he waited upon the Lord, but he cried out to the Lord. David chose to use his words and express his heart directly to God. You see, he, he cried out to God. He chose to use his words and directly cry out to God. How often? When we are frustrated or in trouble, do we express our emotions and feelings with everyone but God? Instead of talking to the Lord, instead of talking to God, we talk to everybody else. Can I get it? Oh, this is too hot to preach in it. You can't handle the truth now. We tell everybody. We tell everybody but God. The first one we need to go to is to God. That's what David did. He cried out to the Lord. Have you ever cried out to God? Have you ever been in a place so desperate you said, God, I need you more than anything else. And you cried out to God and said, God, I need your help right now. You see, godly sorrows brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regrets, but worldly sorrows bring death. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. That we cry out to God. When there's a true cry out to God, guess what? There's change. There's transformation. It starts happening in our life. When we start crying out to God, there, there's something that happens when we cry out to God and say, God, I can't take this anymore. I can't carry this burden anymore. I can't carry this by myself any longer. And we cry out to God. It comes in understanding that he waited patiently and he cried out to the Lord. My friend, if, if we learn to do this, this is what David did. Not only he cried out to the Lord, but also he got a new testimony. Can I get an amen this morning? He got a, a new testimony. But at the end of David's waiting, God proved faithful to him. He strengthens him and anchor him even more deeply in the place of trust in God. 
when you learn to be patient with God, and, and you learn that, 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 that there's nothing else that can satisfy like God can, when you learn to wait upon the Lord, you don't get ahead of God. You don't get behind God. But you're walking in perfect timing with the Lord. You see, timing is everything. Timing is everything. And sometimes the spirit of hesitation will keep you from doing what God has for you. You see, timing is everything. If we allow the spirit of hesitation to, to get ahead of God or, or behind, or we miss it. It's like in sports. If you hesitate, you miss it. And football or basketball or anything. If you hesitate, you miss the play. The whole play is gone. You gotta make a quick decision, a split-second decision. And you hesitate. You know, when you're walking with God, you gotta walk in the spirit of God. You don't wanna get behind God. You don't wanna get ahead of God. You wanna be in perfect timing with God. So not only he understand that to wait patiently and he cry out to the Lord. But he got a new testimony of what God have done in his life. Some of you have a new testimony right now because of what the Lord have done in your life and how God brought you out of the situations that you thought it was no hope and there was no way out. But God have made a way for you this morning. And you can look back and say, look how far I've come. You can look back and say, look how good has Look how good God has been in my life. My friend, you have a reason to shout. You have a reason to celebrate. You have a new testimony because God has been good to you. Woo! My goodness, I'm preaching to myself up here. The goodness of God. Man, God is good. But sometimes we don't realize how faithful He has been and how good He has been. Waited. He patiently waited. He cried out to the Lord. He got a new testimony. But let me share six things God did for David. See, this is the things that David did. This is the, this is the things that David had to do or what he did when he was in that pit. But what the Lord can do for us, six things God did for David. And we're going to go through this quick. First thing David God did for David was he inclined to him. Now, this is important that you catch this because sometimes we don't realize the faithfulness and how the hand of God works in our lives. He inclined to him. Can you picture Father God leaning over toward David, listening, and then responding? See, incline means like he's leaning to him. You, you, can you picture in the theater of your mind, God, Father God on the throne, and David's out there crying out to him. And, and God inclines to him. In other words, he's listening to what he's saying. It's like a father at home or a mother who inclines and kneels down to your children and want to listen to what they're saying. In other words, we're on one-on-one -on -one conversation now. In other words, there, there's nothing else distracting me. There's nothing else more important. There, there's nothing else that will take me away from paying attention to him. The Bible says that God inclined into David. In other words, he was listening to the cry of David. And sometimes when you cry out to the Lord, he's paying attention to what you're saying. And he inclined to him. 
He's a good father who desires to help his children. That's who he is. He's a good father. Sometimes what we must need to happen requires his work in a lot of people and places and, and, and additions to what he needs to do in us. You see, God works in things and he will orchestrate places. He will orchestrate situations. He will orchestrate people to work on your behalf. God, that's how God works. He inclined to him. Not only that, but, but he lift him up. You see, David was in a pit, so to speak. Have you ever been there? One thing about being in a deep pit, somebody above you have to help you before you can get out. Have you ever been in a, in a spiritual pit that you are full with depression? You're full with anxiety and, 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 and you see that there's no way out. But, but it takes somebody out. It takes some, the Spirit of God, somebody to pull you out of that. You see, David trust and waited until God let down the rope. Can I, I wish I had a rope this morning. Somebody need a rope this morning. He waited patiently for God. And he said, God, I'm going to wait here until you throw that rope that I can get out of here. You see, th that is sometimes the secret ingredient with God, to learn to wait patiently for God. To wait, and, and I know sometimes it, it's painful to wait. I, I understand that. I get it. Sometimes it looks difficult, and, and, and it's so easy to, to, to look distracted and, and look everywhere out. That's what happened to Peter. He started sinking because he took his eyes off Jesus and got distracted by the storms. And sometimes the storms of life can cause us for us to be distracted. But God has a plan for your life. See, you need to, you may feel that, that way today, stuck in a pit, waiting on a rope, but not not even sure if anyone, including God, knows that you are there or even cares that you are there. Have you ever feel like, like nobody cares about what you're going through? Not, you, you feel like not even God is paying attention to what you're going through. You feel so abandoned. You feel so alone. You, you feel so rejected. You feel like God even forgot about you sometimes. Have you ever even been there? I'm talking even to myself. I've been there. I've been, I, I've been where I pray to God and I'm fasting, I'm seeking God and, and, and there's no God, there's no answer, there's no that feeling of His presence, there's nothing. Am I talking to anybody? You feel like there's nothing, but, but it doesn't mean God has forgot all about you. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're experiencing. But sometimes that, that just because you have a setback doesn't mean it's over. Just because you're experiencing a setback doesn't mean God forgot about you. He has to have a plan for your life. You see, but David waited patiently on the Lord, which means he knew the rope was coming. Come on, somebody. Listen, I don't know how and I don't know when, but oh, I know my help is coming. Woo! The rope is coming. He's going to pull me out just on time. 
just when I'm about to, oh my goodness, just when I'm about, I'm about to sink down, he's going to pull me out just in time. He'll do it. Listen, he just has to trust God to do the way God wants to do it. See, here, here's the important thing. I'm almost close. Listen. Important thing is to learn to trust in God. You know what God can do for us? Jesus came to our lives, and, and you know what he would do? He would just not pass by the pit, like some people walk by and just ignore it. Somebody will walk by the pit, and they will say, well, I feel sorry for you. I will walk by the pit and say, you're not in the pit. You think you are in the pit. Others will walk by and just wave by at you. But you know what Jesus will do? If he walks by you and you're in the pit, he will get in the pit with you and help you out. That's the kind of God we serve. That he will get in the pit with you and comfort you and rescue you and pull you out of that pit. That's what God does for us. You see, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 9, it says, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature, God did not consider equity with God, with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalt him to the highest place and give him the name that is above every name. You know what God, you know what Jesus did? Jesus came, instead of taking the authority and taking the privilege of Father God, he says, no, I don't need all that. I'm going to become just like them. You know what? Because he can relate to our struggles. He can relate to our pain. He, he, he became flesh just like you and me. My friend, that's why he understands what you're going through right now. Like the song says, now look, he brought me up. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within seeking to the rise of no more. But the master of the sea heard my desperate cry. From the water lifted me, now safe I am. Ain't you glad you're safe now? You might be going under, but God brought you over. Come on, somebody. God pulled you out. Can I get an amen this morning? You were going down. You were sinking down. But the Lord brought you out just in time. Woo! Come on, somebody. Let me keep going here because you guys are getting tired. I can see it in your faces. I'm just kidding. He set me down. See, it's not a grand to know that God doesn't stop when he gets out of the, get you out of the pit. But, when he, but he also sets our feet on a rock. Think about it. He pulls you out and he pulls your feet on the rock. That's a great place to be when you have spent a lot of your time in a, in a Mari pit. Of a rock is Christ. He has he has seated us in Christ. He is the unshakable foundation of, of our very life as believers. 
Jesus is the rock. It is the unshakable foundation in our life. Who do I lean to when I'm in trouble? Who do I trust when I need, when I need help? It is the foundation of Jesus Christ. Listen, all the things around me might fumble and crumble, but the Word of God, as long as it's in my heart, is going to be a sure foundation in my life. See, Psalms 89, 26 says, He shall cry unto me, that are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Psalms 95 says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Who do we cry on? To the Lord. There's no one else to cry out to. Not only He, he sets me down, but He established his, his steps. This is a picture of God's guiding and making out the path for us. Can I get it? He established His steps. This in itself may well keep us out of many pits. Can I get an amen? If we trust God and we allow Him to establish our steps, if we allow Him to guide our steps and direct our steps, my friend, that will keep us a lot of. It will keep us out of a lot of trouble with your wife. I say, Lord Jesus, make sure I'm making the right decisions. Lord, don't don't make. Lord, help me not to go places I should not be going to. Woo. Lord, please help me not to be seeing things I should not be watching. Oh, you don't like this kind of preaching. Lord, 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 Lord help me not to be listening to things I should not be listening to. See, when you allow the Spirit of God to, to guide you and direct your footsteps, it will keep you out of trouble with God and your wife. You see, not all of them, for sometimes, sometimes like, like, like Joseph, others may toss us into a pit. You know, Joseph, fell, somebody threw him in the pit. He, he didn't get in the pit himself. So, there are some people who will throw you in a pit because of jealousy. Some people throw you in a pit because they don't like how God is blessing your life. Some people will throw you in a pit because they don't like the prosperity in the favor of God in your life. And you know what they do? They, 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 will, oh, they, 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 they will kick you in the behind and, and they'll push you in a pit. Because they don't like that, that you have, oh, can I? And, and they will talk bad about you and they'll make things about you that ain't true because they, they're jealous about what God, how God is blessing your life. And you will end up in a pit. That's what happened to Joseph. They were, they were jealous of him. So they throw him in a pit. We're going to get rid of him. This, 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 this boy that has favor of, of our father on him. We're going to get rid of him. My friend, sometimes jealousy, you end up in the pit by default. You end up in the pit by somebody else threw you there. But don't worry about it. Even when somebody else throws you in the pit, God will pull you out of the pit. And he will, okay, oh, I get Ooh. Even when you're in the pit, God will pull you out and bless you and make you greater than them. Can I get an amen this morning? You see, he ended up in the pit. See, God established our steps. He controls our destiny as we place ourselves in his hands. What a treasure reassurance. He established me. 
He founded me with faith, Acts 16.5. He ground me with grace, Hebrews 13.9. He settled me with his scriptures, 2 Peter 1.12. My friends, that's our God. He established his steps. And he will do it for you. Next thing real quick, I'm rushing out. He, he puts a new song in his heart. This must have been a song of deliverance. I wonder what it would have sounded like today. I don't know what the song, he had a song in his, in his lips. What would it be like? I ain't sure. I, I, I don't know, but it might be something like, I got a feeling. Whew, everything's going to be all right. I, I don't know. It, it might be that song. I got a, I can't sing, but I'm going to try anyway. I'm singing to God, not to you anyway. God, God likes my singing. God likes my singing. Have you ever gone to see your children sing at elementary school, little choir up there, and you know your, sing, your son can't sing, but you go, oh, he sings so pretty. And you know he can't sing nothing. He sounds just like his dad. But, but, but you sing, he sing he, he's the most beautiful angel up there singing. Listen, that's what God thinks about me. I, I might not be in the worship team, but when I'm singing all by myself, he hears my, he, he inclines onto me, and he hears my prayer. Woo! He hears my singing. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm getting all excited. You know what? That's what he does. He put a new song in his mouth. And he put a new song in your mouth. When you come out of that Maori pit, when you come out of that pit in your life, you, you, you start singing a new song. You would just sing for the world, and now you're singing for Jesus. You, you would just sing out there in karaoke. Oh, can I, can I, man? Out there for, in the bar, in, the, in that world. But now you're singing for the Lord. You know, good old songs. Because you have looked back and realized how good God has been to you. He, is that, he put a new song in his mouth. You see, God loved the praises that, that proceed from our singing, the story of his love that he expressed to us. He loved to hear that singing. You know, that's what, that's what, that's what, that's what uh, 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 God did for David. He put a new song in his heart. You know what? Instead of singing depressing and, 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 and sad, man, there, there's joy in the Lord. I don't think Christians should be depressed. I think Christians, they should be the most exciting people in the world. Why? Because, because of one reason, Jesus. Because of one word, Jesus. You know, we should be the most exciting people. And I know there's times that we're down. And I know there's times that we're discouraged. And I get that. But don't stay there. You got to get out of that. I love the Spirit of God to pull you out of that pit, out of that condition. And you listen, I got down times too. And you know what? And those times I don't feel like going to church and stuff like that. I tell my wife all the time. I told her just the other day, I don't want to go to church on Sunday. And she goes, you have to go to church. I said, well, give me two reasons why I should go to church. And she told me, number one, because I tell you so. And number two, because you're the pastor. And the last one, I'm, I'm through. The last one. The last one is through. He created a testimony to bring in others. You know what? Christ is glorified when we share our story with others. He used it through the power of the Holy Ghost to bring forth the praises of others. 
your testimony is one of the most powerful things you can share with people to, to, to open their hearts to the Lord. It's your testimony of what the Lord has done in your life. Man, it's a powerful, powerful tool that when you, when you, when you share what the Lord has done in your life, you know what? I think people, people realize more when, when they hear what a transformation life. You know, they look at your life and, and they knew that you live a certain life and, or you were going a different direction. And now they look at your life, how you're serving the Lord and, and how you love your family and how you love your children and how you love your wife and, and how you love your, 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 the church. And you know what? People start seeing, man, there is a change about him. There's a transformation in his life. Man, he's not the same guy I used to know years ago. He's not the same person I knew months ago. There's something happening in him. And I want part of that. You know what? Your testimony tells people the goodness of God. That they want to be part of it. Man, how come you're happy all the time? And how you're being blessed? And how God is prospering you? Tell me. What are you doing different, my friend? I tell you the secret. The secret is Jesus. Get, get, go, like, fall in love with God. Go to church. Love your... Oh, come on, somebody. You know what? When we realize that, God is good to us. You know what? Some of you have been so blessed. Some of you are so blessed. God has blessed you with favor. God has blessed you with prosperity. God has blessed you with so many things that we need to take notice and realize how blessed we are because it was God who did it all. It's not my own ability. It's not me. It was God who opens the door. It's God who put the right people in your life, the right connection, the right influence, the right understanding to comprehend, you know, exams or, or tests that you take to, to get to where you are today. You know, it was God who orchestrated everything. It's not just you, it's God. And we need to realize it is God who gives it and it's God who can take it away. You know what? That's what we got to be thankful for all the things the Lord has done in my life. We take so much for granted. We forget about God when, when everything's perfect. We forget about God when everything's going our way. But no, we, we got to thank God when we're in the valley. And we got to thank God when we're in a mountaintop. It, 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 my, my praise for God is not dictated by my, the condition that I'm going through. My praise for God, my love for God is not determined of what I have and I don't have. My love for God is not because He gives and I give. My love for God is because of who He is. He has saved my soul and turned my life around. That is the reason I worship Him. That is the reason I praise Him because He's a good God in my life. Woo! Praise God. God is faithful. God is good. Just because I experienced a setback, it doesn't mean it's over. Sometimes your setbacks will, will, will set you up for something great. That push you to something great in your life. You know what? And sometimes setbacks can be a way that God says, yeah, I have something good for you. Sometimes there are things that happen into our life that God uses to push us to the next thing. We got to trust God. See, your testimony is one of the most powerful things you can share with people.
to open their hearts to, to the Lord. Tell the story of how Jesus' life and love changed us, moved their, moved their hearts toward Him. Amen. So all we have is our testimony. Our testimony, our life, how we live our lives. Determines how people come to Christ. You know, and I know it's hard to talk about this, but I tell you what, your, your life speaks loud. Your life speaks very loud. Especially now with social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and all this stuff in between. Man, your life speaks very loud. Let's let our lives speak the life of Christ. You only got one shot sometimes. You only got one shot. Let your testimony bring hope to others. Why don't you get upon your feet? We pray. Those who are watching online, I pray the Lord that you have been blessed. I pray the Lord that the Spirit of God have touched you. But we say goodbye to you now. So come back. See us next Sunday. God bless you. Amen.